Welcome back to another podcast episode and my second attempt to put podcasts on YouTube as well as all the places that podcasts go. And I asked Jack if he would get me a chair because it felt a little more friendly than like the big table. So we'll see how this goes, though it is easier to hold my notebook on a table. This week's episode is, I think, going to be popular. I hope going to serve you really well. And I did not do any research to how other people teach on this. So this is just straight up my perception of how to start a podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Probably one of the most popular episodes of this show I've done in like four or five years, however long I've had it, is the episode where I taught on how to write a book. And that, I don't know the number of that one, but you could scroll back and find it if that's something that you're curious about doing. But I felt like I could teach on how to write a book because I have done that very successfully many times. And I feel like I could give you some ideas and some advice on how to have a podcast or how to grow your podcast because I have had this one since 2017. And, oh gosh, I think oh, it has uh, 60 million downloads. I don't, I'm guessing at that number, it's somewhere around there. So it's, you know, it's legit. And we've had some really cool guests on the show. And if you're listening to it, I have to assume that there's something about it that you like. And so I just thought I would talk to you guys about how it started, how I figure out what to talk about. I kind of just made a list of everything I could think of that I wish I had known before I started my podcast back in the day. And so I hope that you find this helpful. And I freaking hope that you start the podcast. You know, that thing that like you keep talking about wanting to do or dreaming about do doing, I hope that this is the nudge that you need to get started. So here's a, just a, you know, a crap ton of ideas on how to start your own podcast. Okay, where to begin? I guess let's begin with intention. Don't roll your eyes. It matters. Almost with anything that I do in life, I set the intention. If I'm having a meeting, I ask you know, hey, what's our goal in this meeting? If I am going to have a conversation with a friend or a family member that might be harder, I set the intention at the beginning of the conversation. I do it with my kids. And I think that it really matters when you are putting content out into the world. In fact, I can tell you that the times that I feel like I've made mistakes with content or that I haven't showed up 
and lived into my values or showed up as the kind of person I want to be is when there wasn't an intention or maybe I was making a decision from emotion instead of from my values. So if I could go back in time to 2017, when I started the show, I would have set the intention back then. It took me a while to understand that that was important. And I actually learned how to do it because I wanted guests to understand what they were doing on the show. So back in the day, my only goal was to have episodes to go out. And to be totally honest with you, I started a podcast because the audience, the community, y'all, if you were back with me in those days, had asked for it. And basically everything I do, if you want to know the secret of my success, it is that I am in community with my community. And I listen when a lot of members of my community are asking for something. The community were the ones who asked me to do a conference for the first time. The community was the ones who asked me to write a book. They were the ones who suggested a podcast. Like, y'all give me the best ideas. And I don't chase after things that like one person suggests, but when a lot of people are talking about something and saying like, you should do this, you should do this, if I finally like get my act together and do it. So for me, I when I started, I did the podcast because the community was asking and it was becoming more popular. This was, oh golly, 18, 19, 20, 21, four, four years ago. The only goal was to get content. And back then... I didn't understand how to produce a podcast really well, which I will explain to you in a minute, just how to make it as easy as possible for you to accomplish it and get it done. But I just wanted episodes. And in 2017, it was really common to have seasons. So I remember the very beginning of the show, I was like, I just want a 12-episode season. That was my only goal. And so then I needed to find 12 people who would let me interview them. And I did not have, like, any of the connections that I have now. I had no idea who to ask. Really, I mean, like, I had, like, five followers. Nobody really cared about what I was doing. And, like, oh, hi, I'm, you know over here trying to start a podcast. Will you let me interview you? People were like, no, or they wouldn't respond at all. So I had to get really creative. And I, I'll i tell you, if you're starting from scratch, you can do what I did, which was I made a dream list. And my list wasn't like The Rock, though he is definitely on my list today. Dwayne, if you're listening, I would love to interview you. Uh, Back then, it was a dream list of people that I thought I might have a chance to actually get. So there were a lot of bloggers that I admired. There were authors. There were some women in business that I had met once or twice in LA at events. And I just wanted to talk to interesting people. And I wanted to hopefully talk to some people who had a following because you really need people to listen to your podcast if it's going to become a thing. And I thought, well, gosh, if I could get someone like Joy Cho or if I could get Jen Hatmaker, that would mean a lot to my community and also maybe their community would listen in. So that was really how it started. I just made this list. And if I had 12 people that I was trying to interview, there were probably 50 people on my list. And I knew to do that because I've been an entrepreneur forever. And 
when you're in sales or when you're trying to sell or you're trying to prospect people, you always need way more people to prospect than you're actually going to get. Like I knew I was going to get no's and I knew that I was going to get non-responses. So I just cast a really wide net. And that first season, to be honest, like it's a bit of a miracle that people said yes, because I don't think that I really had earned the right to like ask them. I honestly think so much in life is having the courage to try, is having the audacity to just ask because you really never know. And I just asked. And just to give you a little insight there, I asked in a really concise and professional way. So I would get contact information and that in those days it was an email and I would say, you know, hey Joy, I have this podcast and you know, here's what I'm doing and here's the why, here's how many followers I have on social media. I'll make myself available to your schedule. Please let me know if you can do it. And a handful of people said yes. And I'll tell you guys too, another trick there is that I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm like brain dumping. So I hope that this all makes sense. And if it doesn't like comment and let me know and I'll explain it in better explanation. But like, I think that the reason that a handful of people said yes is that I was concise. I was quick. I told them I would make myself available to their schedule because people are always super busy. And I had some stats. So I was like, here's how many followers I have on Facebook or here's what I'm doing on Instagram. So I had something that was like, there's not like people will listen to this. Because if you're trying to get a podcast guest, you're most likely hoping for out of that situation is they're hoping for press. They're hoping for exposure. And those handful of people said yes because they had something they needed to promote. So it also helps when you're casting that net if you're going after people that you know have something going on. Like even today, I just made a list. I now have someone that works with me that books people on my podcast, but even today, I make a dream list for her. I just did this. And as I was making my dream list, I looked for people who have books coming out, people who have albums coming out. Because when you're, uh, when you have a big platform, when you're a high performer, when you're a celebrity or an artist or whatever, when you're in your off season or your rest season, you really aren't that interested in an interview. But if you are doing press, there's a good chance that that's when you could get someone that you might not normally be able to get. So be strategic about that. And then also just one more thing about that casting a wide net for interviews is there were some people that I felt like were stretch goals for me, but that I actually might have a chance at. And I did not ask them until I started getting some people on there. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. 
Now, it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I didn't start asking bigger names to be on my podcast until I had some medium-sized names. And I didn't ask medium-sized names to be on my podcast until I had some small names. Like, I was really strategic in when and how I asked people, and I do think that's why I was able to get guests in the beginning, even though I had no idea what I was doing. For real. Like, if you scroll back to the beginning of the podcast and you listen to those, like, God bless me. I... I truly made it up as I went along, but I will say that I love how I did those initial interviews because it's still very much my style today. And how I did those initial interviews and honestly how I still handle an interview today is I do not prep. Now, I know that that's like maybe a little controversial and there are lots of people who have a totally different style. Uh, for instance, my friend Tom Bilyeu does a ton of prep for a guest that's coming, and he's an incredible interviewer, and I think it goes so well. But really what I want out of that time is I want it to feel like me and that guest are having coffee or having drinks, and this is just the conversation that we would normally have. And I, I want it to just kind of ebb and flow and kind of follow the rabbit trail wherever it may lead. I think that's why I've been able to have really beautiful and unexpected conversations with people. I think it's why some people have said things on my show that they maybe wouldn't say in other places. And it's just because I think it is genuine curiosity and they might come on to talk about personal development or a new album that they're dropping and we might end up talking about faith or politics or how hard it is to be a working mom or whatever. So I really do leave a ton of room open to where it could go. And I'll just add a caveat and say that I think that only works if you're the kind of person who's genuinely curious like if you would go to dinner or drinks or coffee with a new friend and there would be awkward silences and you don't know how to fill them, probably not the interview style for you. But if you're the kind of person that you never really run out of questions, you're like really present and you really want to know about whoever you're talking to, then it's worth trying that style. So yeah, so that's how I began, and I didn't know to set my intention back then, but I'll tell you today, I do set my intention before every single podcast interview I do. I say to every person, um, you don't hear it because we edit this part out, but every single person from, you know, Priyanka to Joe Biden to Tim McGraw to Matthew McConaughey or Kristen Bell, like it doesn't matter who it is. Every single time I get on a call with someone or I get to sit down with someone, I say my intention for the show is to offer people tangible advice, tactical wisdom, and give them some inspiration by hearing your story every single time. And I always set them up. And I mean this, okay, I'm just going to like tell you all the things, you guys. 
when I'm doing an interview, I also want to make sure that they feel really comfortable. And this is a great piece of advice for you is after I set the intention with the guest, I also say, if you mess up in any way, just take it again. We'll edit it out and make you sound great. If you say something that you want to say in a different way, just take it again. We'll edit it. We'll make you sound great. I think that's an important piece to doing an interview is letting the person know that our intention together in this moment is to serve the audience. Like I think there are interviewers or shows where they sort of want to catch the person out or they sort of want to have the person make a mistake and be able to show it. And that's not that's not the energy that I'm putting out into the world. I think that this guest came on the show to help me hopefully put some inspiration, some positivity, some ideas, some tactics out into the world. And so I want to do that in a way that feels really good for them. And I think, to be honest, it's why I get bigger and bigger guests is because I'm creating a safe space for them to serve as well. So it's just something to be mindful of is when you do get those guests, how can you set them up for success and make sure that they're meeting the intention that you have for your show? Okay, that's interviews. And that was how I originally started out was just exclusively doing interviews on the podcast. And then at some point, to be honest, I kind of ran out of guests. You know, I told you I did that first season of the podcast and it became apparent pretty quickly that seasonality with podcasts was kind of going away. Now, there are certainly serial podcasts and things that exist in small format. So there's a certain number of episodes and they know that at the beginning. But for my show, it's a weekly show. So it's important that every single week I have content. And at some point back in the day, I just I ran out of guests. I didn't have anybody else that I could call and like ask a favor of. I had already interviewed like my therapist, my lit agent. Like I asked everybody I knew. And at some point I just didn't have any more. And so I knew I needed content and I tried for the first time doing a solo episode. So on my show, I do interviews and then I do what I would call this, which is a solo episode. This is where I am doing my best to teach for the entirety of the show. And in the beginning, I had no idea if this would be something that listeners were interested in or if they wanted to hear. I honestly didn't know if there was a place for it. Like, no lie, I really just needed an episode for that week. And I recorded one, and I really don't even remember what it was about, but it did really well. In fact, it did better than interviews. And I understand why. Because I personally, for the podcasts that I listen to, I I really only listen to podcasts that are going to teach me something. And so I do listen to the interviews, but I almost listen to interviews kind of like um, in the background while I'm doing something else. I really like solo episodes where someone's teaching because I want to learn. Like I love when Ed Milet is teaching on a show or Brendan Burchard or Tony Robbins or... Uh, Mel Robbins or Oprah. Yeah, I really like when someone is kind of having a full conversation on their own. That's how I learn best. And so I started to weave those in and it worked. It worked really well. And I think that having both serves the audience well because 
depending on how you like to consume content, whether that's by hearing an interview or by learning, you know, from me all by myself, I'm able to serve both types of listeners. So today, what the podcast looks like is I try and go one for one. So I try and go every other week, a solo episode, an interview, a solo episode, an interview. Unless I just get really fired up about a topic. Like last week, I really wanted to do an interview about feeling stuck and why the next 12 months are so important. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go check it out. It was a really good one. But sometimes I just get fired up about a subject and then I want to talk about it. And so you'll hear more than one solo episode in a row. But to be totally truthful with you, solo episodes do better for me than the interviews. And so that's why I'm here. Interviews, solo episodes, and then the last kind of content on podcasts, at least for me, is sort of a group chat or a friend chat. There's many times that I've brought on my best friend Beans or I've brought on Sammy and Beans or when I was married, I brought on my ex-husband. Like I've brought on people in my life to talk through a specific thing. And those end up being, I think, really fun and really interesting because you're talking through a subject with someone you know well And so it just ends up being a funner conversation. Like I love when I get to do podcasts with my friends, you know, when I get to hang out with Jay Shetty or Tom Bilyeu or different people who know me well and also have a show. I just think it's such a funner conversation because you sort of skip past all the like get to know you parts. You just jump into the meat So definitely something to consider if you are looking for different types of content. Or I even think of like my friend Asan, he started a podcast with a friend so that like they have that conversation all the time. So you don't have to do a podcast as a solo host. You could totally mix it up. You can do it in a group. I think that if you are considering working with someone else though, you just want to make sure that that person has the same work ethic that you have because podcasts are really fun and exciting to start, but the thing that will make them work and the thing that will make them grow is consistency. That is the number one key to having a show get traction, become effective, be able to earn ad revenue. It really matters. So if you start with a host and y'all are having so much fun and people are really vibing it, but that person isn't as into it or they sort of stop showing up or they're being flaky. It's really frustrating for you as the one who cares and is kind of trying to hold this thing together. So it may be more effective for you to be your own host and just bring people on as guests or do interviews, kind of mix it up, try a bunch of different venues to see what works rather than putting all of your eggs into someone else's basket. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. 
Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. Okay, so that was kind of types of podcasts that I do. There's definitely narrative podcasts where people are storytelling. You'd see that in something like serial, the the type of thing where someone is telling a story start to finish. And maybe that's what your bag is. Maybe you want to write something that's fiction and then be able to storytell on it. Or maybe you want to tell an actual news story like they did in Serial. Whatever it is, I think there's a ton of content and it's changing all the time. This medium continues to evolve and grow. There's so many different ways that you can take this and you should look into it. I mean, there's a bunch of different categories. There's a bunch of different topics. So Figure out what works for you, figure out a medium that makes sense, and then try. Just try. And here's the thing I can tell you without question, your first podcasts are probably going to suck for a while. And that's totally normal. The good news is maybe no one's even listening. So hurrah, you get to exist in obscurity and work on your craft and learn to get better before anyone's actually paying attention. So that's great. Or maybe you do have a platform and you want to start a podcast, but you're nervous 
that you're going to suck at it, you are. And I think that you handle that by having your first episode say, guys, I've wanted to do this forever. I have some some ideas or, or, or some jokes or some stories to tell you, and I think that it's going to be helpful. Please bear with me. I promise I'm going to get better. Like, just call it. I used to do that back in the day when I was first doing keynote speeches, and I was so nervous to be on stage, and I my palms would be sweating, and I would feel like I was going to throw up. And I could hear that my voice was shaking. And honestly, what helped me the most was just to say how nervous I I would literally be like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so nervous. I promise I'm going to get it together. Just saying that out loud really helped me. So maybe if you have a platform and you know that if you launch something, people are going to pay attention, just call it. Why would you be good at something you've never done before? This like the world that we live in and social media creates this like totally terrible idea because you're always looking at other people's like middle. You're always looking at other people at the top of their mountain. You don't see the 15 years that it took them to get there. You don't see the 150 episodes that it took for them to get to that place. So you're seeing somebody else who's worked really hard to be great and thinking that when you start, you're supposed to start at that level. No, beginners suck. That's what it is. I've said this a million times before, but the ultimate question is not whether or not you're going to suck. The question is, are you willing to suck? Are you willing to suck so that you can do the work so that you can become better? Because you can. Honestly, I, this is not, I don't think that this is rocket science. I don't think that interviewing people and being interested and being curious and learning how to ask better questions and learning how to lead them and guide them and learning how to fill space and like all of that are skills you can learn. You learn it by listening to other podcasts. You learn it by watching other interviewers. You learn it by reading books. All the information's out there. So you can get better even if you're not great in the beginning, but you're never going to get better if you don't start. So once you have a medium and once you have an idea, you start. And I will say, I do think it's important to have a sort of central theme to what it is you're teaching about or what it is you're telling jokes about or just something that like makes it cohesive. Because in the beginning, you're wanting to build a listenership. You want to build an audience. An audience comes back when they know what to expect. So as much as you could come here and I could be talking about how to start a podcast or a book that I read or something that's going on in my life or raising kids or interviewing a celebrity or talking about music, like no matter what I'm doing, if my intention is always to give you tactical advice, if what I'm doing is always grounded, like if my why, if my purpose is always in trying to offer up things that have worked for me, hoping that they'll help you too, then I feel like I have the fluidity to kind of talk about anything right? Like I feel like I can look at a bunch of different subjects as long as I stay inside of that why. See, now when I started, I only did interviews with women. That was sort of my thing was like, I was a female entrepreneur and I interviewed other women who were also in business. I only talked to women. And I think it was important because I was setting up a brand saying like, this is what I'm for. If you're into this kind of thing, I'm the podcast that you listen to. But as the audience grew and as my platform grew, I was able to talk about more and more things and interview different kinds of people 
because I just stuck with like that, that core value of what we're here to do. I mean, I remember back in the day, I was like, I never saw a world where I would do a celebrity interview ever. I had no idea how. First of all, it made me really nervous. I wanted to like throw up, but I never could see a world where I would be interviewing people like that. And I, I didn't, cause I didn't really want to talk about like their new movie. I didn't really want to do the press tour. You know, oftentimes when you're interviewing someone, they're going on a tour, they're on a press tour, and they're kind of saying the same 10 things to everybody they talk to. And that just felt really boring to me. And then I thought, oh, well, dang, if people are willing to come on and talk about how they do life really well, or their morning routine, or how they show up as parents, or those sort of core values or tactics that might be helpful to y'all, then I could talk to anybody through that lens. And I think it's the same for you. But you do need to know like what is grounding your podcast and making it unique because that's how you break through all the noise that's out there. Okay, my next piece of advice, and this is so key for newbies in the podcast world slash kind of my advice for everything in life, but for this for real, you have to be consistent. You have to. You need to pick a day of the week. And yeah, you need to release a podcast every week. I know there are people who are like, oh, once a month or... Honestly, I don't know how you would build a listenership from the ground up without a weekly show. So set that up in your mind right now. It's going to take a weekly show. You're going to pick a day of the week. For me, this podcast comes out on Tuesdays, but it really doesn't matter. Um, we haven't necessarily seen better listenership on any day of the week. It, and we have several podcasts in our network. So it really matters just that your audience knows that they can get you at the same time every week. So consistency matters. And I would tell you, you know, I told you I was going to talk to you about like how to produce in a way that's easiest for you. I batch my work and I do this for life. You guys, I do this in every area of my life. If I have to write a bunch of stuff, I want to write all the things that could be marketing copy. That could be an email I'm sending to you for my Sunday email. That could be a book that I'm working on or a movie script, whatever I'm writing, I'm, I'll do it all at the same time. I'll batch that kind of work. The same thing goes for podcasts. Like I did a podcast interview in my office or like just before this. And then I left and came in here because I'm still in this sort of mindset. I'm in this sort of energy. And when I'm done with the solo episode, I'm going to do another interview. I batch my work. And that is the best piece of advice I could possibly give you for anyone who wants to start a podcast is to batch it. I tell you this because when I started, I would record like an episode a week and that episode would go that week. And that is terrible because if you get sick or if you want to take a vacation or if there's some reason you can't record that week, it really messes everything up. So if I can batch my work, then I know that I've got a ton of episodes in the can, meaning like my podcast editor has a ton that she can work with so that I make sure I'm showing up for you guys consistently every Tuesday like you expect me to. This matters in the beginning when you're building an audience, and it also really matters once you start to have advertisers. So when you have advertisers on a podcast, you can't not post an episode. That would be really bad as a partner um, because it really is a partnership and you want to make sure that you're taking care of them as much as they're taking care of you. So it's not an option to not post. 
And the easiest way to do that is just to batch everything as much as you can. I'll also say when it comes to production that there's lots of ways to get this done. So like I'm working with audio equipment here. Obviously, I've got a video camera in front of me. No one else is in the office. I'm doing this by myself. So it is really possible to completely knock out podcasts all alone, but it does require a fair amount of YouTube videos that you can watch, Googling things. When I first started, that's how Jack and I figured it out. We literally just Googled a crap ton of stuff back in the day. And then we worked together to like figure out what we would need and how we would do it. And in 2017, it was way harder to get podcasts up than it is now. I'll also tell you that if you don't have the money for fancy audio equipment, I've recorded so many episodes of the podcast on my phone. And again, back in the day, I just would like do a voice note or a recording note that's on the iPhone. Now I have a mic that I plug into like the little um, USB. I'll put a link to it. And if you're watching this on YouTube or in show notes, I'll put a link to it. It's, it's a Shure mic, which I think this, yeah, it's the same brand as I'm using here, but it like plugs into the same spot on your phone that um, the charging thingy plugs into. Wow. I don't know technology at all. But yeah, I have a mic that plugs into my phone and I love that because oftentimes I'll feel really inspired to do a podcast when I'm traveling and I always take that mic with me. That might be a pro tip for y'all is whenever you're going anywhere, just like keep your mic in your purse because maybe you get inspired by a moment or you're traveling or whatever. Like cars make really great places to record podcasts, hotel rooms. Like I don't need to like be in this space to create content. And I honestly am a big believer that people don't need high production value. They need high quality content. So even if you're struggling in the beginning to have like great sound equipment or whatever, I think it matters most that you're leading with your heart and you're trying to put goodness out in the world and you're trying to be helpful and you're trying to add value because that's something that you can do even if you're just recording it on your phone. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market, because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash Rach. Thrivemarket.com slash Rach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. 
where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Now, I thought I would talk about how to monetize a podcast because I think if I was starting that's probably what I would want to know how to do. And I assume that it would be way easier today to monetize a podcast than it was back when I started because there just like really weren't rules. It felt like Wild Wild West style. I did not know what I was doing. And I honestly never, ever thought we'd even have ads because again, I was just doing this thing that people told me to do. In fact, I felt so weird about having ads. I felt so guilty. I did not want to put ads on the podcast. I was like so against it, so anti for the longest time. I remember I used to argue with the team about this forever because the listenership did start to grow and it started to become a really big podcast and I still didn't have advertisers. And I just felt like my intention was to offer this advice or value to y'all. And I was like, well, I don't want to put ads in it. And then I realized two things. Number one, I was paying people to produce the podcast and edit the podcast for me, but the podcast was not making any money. And as a business person, that felt pretty stupid. And the second thing I realized that I am a huge podcast nerd. I listen to a ton of shows and I don't care that they have advertisers. Like, I don't care if Joe Rogan talks about like the box of meat that gets delivered to his house. And I don't care if Oprah talks about Chanel at the top of Super Soul Sunday. I, I don't care. I, I'm grateful for whatever they're going to talk about or teach me. And so, and I'm used to it. We're all used to ads. And so I stopped being so weird about having ads. And I started to get some. And I think, truthfully, at that point, the show was big enough that people were reaching out to me. And that's a strategy that you can do. And I actually think it's a great strategy is do some research and find out in the category that you want to work inside of. So whether that's comedy or health or a daily show or a narrative show, whatever it is, find out how many downloads, how many listens you need on your show to start earning revenue. That exists on Google. You could look it up. How much a show needs to have before you'll start to get advertisers. And then you can now have a goal. Now you've set an intention and a goal for yourself about listenership and you can make every effort to get to that number. And once you have that number, you can take that information to podcast networks. There are a ton of them. And you're like, hi, fill in the blank network. I have a show. It has 100,000 downloads. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. This is how many people listen every week. This is how many followers I have on Instagram. I'd like to be a part of your network. And the network then brings advertisers to you. So they have an entire sales team that are figuring out, okay, which kind of advertisers make sense for this type of podcast and that this host will allow. So for instance, I am really picky. And I think I probably annoy 
my advertising salespeople a lot because I'm really picky about what I will allow on the show. And my rule is if it's not something I actually use or have actually used, then I don't want to talk about it because I'm literally saying like to y'all like, oh my gosh, I, I just did an ad yesterday for a Mini Cooper. I used to have a Mini Cooper. It was one of my favorite cars. I'm still sad that I had to grow up and get a minivan so that my children would have a place to ride around in. But I loved that car. And I can talk to you about Mini Cooper all day with zero weirdness because I love that brand and I used it. And so I'm pretty strict about what I will allow. And then there are other people who are like, I'll freaking talk about anything. There's plenty of hosts out there who will just tell you about whatever product that they think is cool or sort of crosses their path. And that's okay too. Everybody has the way that they want to show up in this space. But again, I think it's about going back to intention setting and knowing what you will and won't allow. Another way to get advertisers, this is especially for those of you who have more of like a local sort of show, is that you can just start saying, like you can put ad spots in your own podcast. In fact, I would suggest that to all of you from the very beginning that you put ads into your show. And what that means is, you know, 15 minutes in at a good part when you're teaching, you're like, and now a word from our sponsor. Or you're like, okay, guys, I'm going to get back to that in a second. But first, I want to tell you about this really cool thing that I'm working on. Put some kind of ad in your show from the beginning so that your audience gets used to hearing those ad breaks. And so you get used to telling them. And also because you probably have something in your life that you want to talk about. Maybe it's the book that you wrote, or maybe you're like, hey, you guys, I just want you to know my Instagram is the most fun and you should totally come be friends with me over there. And here's the handle. It doesn't really matter what it is, but it matters that you start like having that be part of it from the beginning. And this works really well if you have a local podcast. So in that ad spot, you could say, hey, guys, if you're a local you know, if you're local here to Tulsa and you want to get on my podcast, shoot an email to blah, blah, blah. Or if you want to run a ad, this is who you contact. Or strategy, you could even reach out to your favorite local businesses. You, you know, if I was here in Austin and I was just starting, I'd call Summer Moon, my favorite coffee shop. I'd call Alive and Well, which is, you know, where I get acupuncture massages. I'd call my favorites and I'd be like, you guys, I want to do an ad for you no charge. I just want to have ad space here. What do you want me to say? They win. You're serving your community, which is great. And then you're also showing people an example of what it would be like to have an ad with you and then telling them, hey, if you, I just talked about Alive and Well, but if you want to have your ad in my podcast, send an email to blah, blah, blah. But start the way you want to end. Set your intention up early. It might take a while, but it is a business and it can be a really great way to earn extra revenue or to actually just become your whole thing. But it's gonna take you from the very beginning having a plan for where you wanna go. The last thing that I would tell you guys is just to be mindful about utilizing your email list, utilizing your social media, making sure that there's synergy so that all of your platforms know that you have a podcast. Even right now, look, I've been doing this forever and I'm just starting to put these videos on YouTube because I want to make sure that the YouTube audience knows that the podcast exists. 
people listen to podcasts all over the place. And the way that you're going to get the word out is, again, through consistency. So the best way that I've found to do this is honestly to get a clip, to get a video clip of an interesting part of the show that I think might be helpful to people. And then I put that up on my social with a link to go listen to the full episode. That is the most like strategic, most effective way that I found to grow my listenership. The other thing that you want to make sure and do is if you do get guests on your show is to make sure and arm them with social content as well. So every time we have a podcast guest, we cut video clips for them. And honestly, yes, I have a team, but you could do this. You could cut a clip on your iPhone right now and send it to the person and say, hey, here's a clip from the show that we did. Here's my social handle. Here's the hashtag to use. I so would love it if you would consider sharing with your audience. That is the best way to get exposure to new people out in the world. And maybe they listen to the episode of the blogger that they love and end up following you forever. All right. That is everything that I could think of on how to start a podcast or what I wish I had known back in the day. I hope you guys find it really helpful, and I hope that this gives you the courage to just try. Just freaking try. It doesn't matter if it's not great. It's not supposed to be great. The first 20 episodes, should you be figuring out what the heck you're doing? Finding your rhythm, getting the audio dialed in, finding a backdrop that you really like. Allow yourself to be creative and experiment and just see what comes up. Because honestly, that is the only way that you're going to get better is if you just start to move forward. Remember, nobody who has success in anything started where they're at now. There were years and years of trial and error and working in obscurity and nobody giving a crap before anybody started to pay attention to the stuff that I was creating. So don't let the success be the thing that keeps you from trying anything at all. If you're still listening to this episode, I feel like there's a chance that you've been dreaming or thinking about a podcast or maybe thinking about how to grow your podcast. Lean into it. We need more voices. We need more leaders, especially women. We need more women to step up and tell their stories and share their wisdom and offer that to other women so that we as a community can learn how to grow stronger and better and to let our light shine in the world. So use your voice. Okay, guys, if you like this episode, I hope that you will subscribe to my YouTube channel, hit the bell so you get a notification every time I post a new episode. Or if you're a podcast nerd like I am, make sure that you subscribe to the actual podcast. It's the Rachel Hollis podcast. You can find it anywhere that you get your episodes. Thanks so much for watching. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. 
At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.